This is a podcast to document the strange times we are living in, to give musicians an opportunity to share their experiences during social distancing and self-isolation measures, self-hosted snapshots of this unique time. Welcome to Social Distancing Diaries. Hello, hello. My name is Joy Crooks. Joy like happy, which we'll get to that. It's slightly ironic, but yeah, Joy like happy and Crooks <laughs> like a villain with ES at the end. Um, I'm reporting here on social distancing diaries for all the way from South London. During lockdown, I think it might be week seven or eight um, at this point. Who knows? Uh, it's been a very interesting couple of, couple, I'm going to say couple, I'm going to say eight weeks. And um, I've had extreme ups and downs. Uh, I am someone that suffers from mental health issues. I, I have done for a very long time. I'm 21 and I think I first experienced my first kind of episode when I was 12 so times like this can be a little bit difficult. I'm quite good at being by myself. I'm quite good with my own company. I spend a lot of time at home anyway. And I got a cat, which has been amazing. And we will talk about cats in a hot second. Um, I just want to thank Social Distancing Diaries for letting me talk absolute shite for the next 20 minutes. And hopefully you might find some inspiration or find some solace in my shite talking. Um, I think shite talking is really important in times like this. I also think keeping a sense of humour is really, really important. I think um, it's a little bit apocalyptic at the moment. And I hope that all of you at home are so safe and healthy and your families are safe and healthy. And um, why don't we talk about cats? Let's talk about cats. So I was reading up on cats because I've noticed that from... Getting Diego, who is not just my cat, he is now my son. He's been my son since I got him. It was really interesting because I spoke to a lot of my friends about... I've had a family cat, and unfortunately he died when he was four, and he was a gorgeous, gorgeous Persian exotic short hair cat. And I didn't choose him, my stepmom chose him, and I think they just had this bond, and that was it, and it was kind of decided, right, this is the cat, this is the cat I want. And the process of choosing a cat I find so interesting because it's a bit like Avatar. Have any of you seen Avatar? You know when they do that bonding thing where you have to like put your ponytail onto that flying horse dragon and it's like they're yours forever. That's a little bit. Is it maybe an exaggeration, but it's kind of how I felt when I, when I got Diego. I went over to my friend's house. He had his cat, Sade, who is an gorgeous 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 black cat kind of kind of looks like if Cleopatra if you can imagine what Cleopatra's cat would look like that's what Sade looks like and she just popped out four kittens and he'd been looking after them and <laughs> they were running around his room and his flat and he loved them to bits but I think it was quite difficult looking after five cats so he was like all right if you want one let me know and so I came over and I sat on his bed and I picked one up and they were all, because they were all black cats, they all looked the same. And um, they all have like colour, colour collars for you to tell 
who's who. And so he had one called Diego, one called Kobe, one called D, and one called Gigi. And so three boys and one girl. And I picked up Diego first. And Diego just went, you're my mum. And he did that by falling asleep on me immediately, cuddling up to me. And my friend Nathan just looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, I guess he's mine. And he was like, yep. And initially he thought D would be the cat for me. But nope, Diego was like, nope, you're my mum. And we had that avatar bonding moment, which was really special. And I definitely, if you can, and you are someone that have, uh, lives alone or you live in a London flat and it can get a bit lonely, I would so recommend getting a pet because, especially also if you suffer from mental health issues like myself, I think that I've done a little bit of reading and the first research on pets and mental health was published 30 years ago by the psychologist Alan Beck of Purdue University and psychiatrist Aaron Katcher of the University of Pennsylvania. And they measured what happens to the body when a person pets a friendly dog, for example. So here's what they found out. They found out that the blood pressure went down, the heart rate slowed, breathing became more regular, and muscle tension relaxed. And obviously Diego's not a dog, he's a cat, but we have conversations in the kitchen. And when we do, it just feels right. It feels very right. He's very much he's very much my son. And when I say come to mummy, he generally listens. I mean, with cats, it's kind of like you're their servant and they're God. And I kind of rate that too, because people always say you become your pet. And I'll be honest with you, I'd rather be a cat than a dog. They're so bolshy. They have such an ego. And they, they just have swag. They have cat swag. Quag. Cat swag. I think that is a, that can be a thing. But I just rate it. I rate how Diego moves. I rate how he he talks to us <laughs> when we're standing in the kitchen and he's hungry. He has this kind of high-pitched... It's not a meow. It's kind of like a... You know when you stand on a squishy toy? That's what he sounds like. And it's very... Um, I don't know. It's very sweet. It's a little bond that I have with this tiny little animal that I call my son who's named after... Diego and Dora the Explorer because he likes exploring. I realise I sound like a Dulwich mum talking about their kid thinking that they have given birth to Elon Musk. I promise you when I say he can speak, he can. I have made an extract for you to hear him speaking back to me. So here we go. You can't wait. You have to wait for a little bit. It's like a... Oh. So that's him waiting for his food. And he was very hungry and he was having a go at me. So there's the proof. I'm not a Dulwich mum. My cat genuinely does speak to me. <sighs> Glad we could get that one aside. <laughs> it's Mental Health Week on the 18th of May. Today is the 15th. And my boyfriend and I... Um, well, my boyfriend designed these incredible, incredible T-shirts because we got asked to go down to Finsbury Park last year to go to this incredible, incredible organisation called Maytree, who were the first non-medical suicide home in the UK. And it literally just looked like a house from the outside. We were kind of shocked. We thought we might have turned up to the wrong place. And what they do is provide this home for people that are feeling 
at their lowest uh, by a process called befriending calls. And you can go in and you can spend four nights to five days there with the aim that you don't need to come back to the home. And it's it's a beautiful environment. environment. There are over, I think, 140 volunteers that work there of all different backgrounds, races, sexualities. It's amazing, amazing, amazing what they're doing. And um, we were both really, really moved. It was a summer's day. And we went over there to talk about mental health in the music industry, which is the industry that I'm in, and um, and how it can be really difficult. And I could only speak on behalf of my experience. And like I said, we were just really moved by this house that felt like, it really felt like a home, and it was amazing what they were doing there. And so we left, and I think we ended up having a little bit of a cry outside because it was really refreshing to find out that somewhere like that existed especially for people like us and people around us that we know have been in really really difficult times Ezra my boyfriend was really really inspired and he decided to design these t-shirts which uh, kind of worked around Maytree's kind of lo- like slogan which is remain unique and the t-shirts are looking so good <laughs> We got them in the post this morning and I didn't want to, I didn't want, Ezra was waiting for the post for ages and I didn't want to let him know that it arrived. So what I did was he was out for his daily jog and I um, lined them all up on the bed and then when he came home he was like, oh, did the package come? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I can't hear you. And then he walked into the bedroom and they were all there on the bed and he got very excited, just like how we get excited when we make chicken kormas or ramen. Two uh, very, very important recipes over lockdown for both of us. Um, The T-shirts look amazing and what we're doing is uh, I'm using my contact book and sending them out to people that I know have a stance on mental health and have been through their own challenges and and doing a little post about it and, and raising awareness for Maitri because they're such an incredible organisation that I think more people should know about. On the topic of Mental Health Awareness Week, um, Mental Health Awareness Week, I wanted to mention um, a really great song that my friend Arlo Parks put out. I think it was last week, and the song's called Black Dog. And she's one hell of a lyricist. I've always loved her lyrics, but this one hit home. Oh, my God. I'm going to read some of the lyrics out. She says, the first line, the first line is, I'd lick the grief right off your lips. I mean, shit, I'm in. You do your eyes like Robert Smith. I had to Google who he was, but he is the lead singer of The Cure. And he kind of has that, um, I never take my eye makeup off look. Which is a look for some people. It, for me, it look, makes me look like a panda. Not really something I'm going for. Um, and the end of the chorus says, it's so cruel what your mind can do for no reason. And she just has this really, really beautiful, soft, um, but also very, very strong voice. You kind of have to listen to the song. The song's called Arlo Park's Black Dog. But I would so recommend it. Um, she's made this amazing lyric book as well, which I really, really love. And um, I just think in in the in the essence of Mental Health Awareness Week... That is a song you want to be listening to for sure. And I think another thing is 
we're all going through it. I feel like it's not a normal day if I haven't had an existential crisis by 2pm during lockdown. So what I've been doing is finding cool bits and bobs that I've been watching and listening to um, to get me through all of this. The first thing I'm going to start on is definitely the fucking Patriot Act. Oh my goodness. It's not called the fucking Patriot Act. It's just called the Patriot Act. It is exceptional. That's the word. That's the only word I can describe it by. It is a... Um, he might not like this comparison, but it's a little bit like Russell Howard's Good News, but based in America and done by an incredible stand-up comedian called Hassan Minaj. And I just... I crack up when I watch it. The last time I watched it was last night. And he described... I think he described a millionaire or a billionaire as a gulab jamun with glasses. Now, if you don't know what gulab jamun is, that's okay. That's fine. I am Bangladeshi Irish. I grew up to a Bangladeshi mom and an Irish dad. And um, <laughs> I really enjoy watching Hassan Minaj because he is a fucking inappropriate Indian. And I am so here for it. He says whatever is on his mind. I think yesterday's episode actually started with him interviewing family members and um, fellow Indians and saying, you know, I'm going to talk about Indian politics. And they were like, no, 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 no. You can't talk about Indian politics. No, no, no. You might accidentally die. This might happen. Da, 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 da. Talk about biryani. Talk about... And he's like, well, you want me to spend 30 minutes talking about biryani on my show? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just getting the piss taken out of him by his family members and his elders, and it's just brilliant. It's just so... It's controversial, it's inappropriate. He's saying things that no one else, especially in the Desi community, are saying. But let me get back to Gulab Jamun. Gulab Jamun is a traditional dessert from South Asia. And I'm going to... You know what? I'm going to tell you the actual definition of gulab jamun because there's a there's a way i explain it and then there's the way it should be explained so it is a milk solid base sweet from the indian subcontinent and a type of mitai popular in india nepal pakistan the Maldives, and bangladesh as well as myanmar it's kind of like if you got a cake and you did it you made it into a ball and you put it in sugar syrup now that sounds diabetic and it fucking is but it's really good it's really really good and it does just look like a, a little ball cake. <clears throat> it looks like a ball. <laughs> it looks like a ball cake, and that is how he described a man yesterday on his show. That's that's the content I'm here for. To be honest with you, during lockdown, watching Indian men describe people as Indian desserts. Why the fuck not? <laughs> he goes across all sorts of topics. He was talking about. India's Prime Minister Modi and the controversies around him. One of my favourite things he picked up on was how Modi was such an integral part of the BJP winning the Indi India's general election by a mile, by an absolute mile. They won by a mile. I don't, I don't know the um, actual how many seats they won by, but they won by a lot, a lot, a lot of seats. Um, his opponent at the time during the general election was Gandhi, not related to the Gandhi that you and I know, but he, 
his all of his family have been prime ministers, so it's kind of like in his blood. And Modi kind of swept the carpet under his feet. And Hassan Minaj brings up the fact that Modi was such an integral part of BJP winning the election. And the reason why is because this this is Hassan Minaj's um, <laughs> words, not mine. He said uh, he's the type of Indian that all Americans think Indians are, basically. <laughs> he meditates, he goes to the mountain. He did an 18-hour meditation. And Hassan Minaj shows these pictures of him meditating and there's like three different camera angles of him meditating for eight hours. So he just clearly knows how to get the good the good lighting, the good, uh, the good angle. He's, he's a bit of um, a celebrity, really. And he... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Hassan Minaj, I just, all I'm going to say is watch Patriot Act. He rips into him and into Indian politics and what's going on now. And um, I think it's really important for people from the West to understand politics from around the world because I think inevitably it affects us all and the relationships that our leaders have with India, for example. Um, but go and watch Patriot Act. It is a perfect balance of controversial and funny and it's so refreshing to see that from an Indian man. Um, and, and it's really nice to see some representation. Uh, <laughs> I love him. I absolutely love him. Go check him out. Um, another thing that I've been watching has been Normal People. I, I've absolutely binged Normal People. I think it's a BBC Three. It is about... Well, it's based off the book by Sally Rooney, which I read about five months ago. And I skimmed through the book. I cried my eyes out through the whole thing. And I had a conversation with a family member and they were like, you know, it wasn't that life-changing. I didn't really get it. Da, 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 da. I don't, you know, it gets so much more clout. And it's so, it's, you know, they were saying basically it was overrated. And I had to disagree because I think that a book like that isn't trying to change lives. It's really, really just a depiction of... And, Disclaimer, if you haven't read it, you should probably stop listening now. But it's a story about young love and first love and, and fleeting love, I think, is the best way to describe it. And I think if you have had your first love, the best way to describe it is kind of fleeting, unless you're still with your first love and you're one of the fucking lucky ones. But it's that fleeting first love that almost becomes something that you can't hold and it's this chase between a girl called Marianne and a fella called Connor or Connell Connell that's it Connell and I would really really recommend reading this book it made me cry like a bitch um it kind of picks up on topics of if you've ever seen like if you've ever read maybe because they've perks of being a wallflower there's a brilliant line in that book and they say, we accept the love we think we deserve. And I think normal people challenges that and, and explores whether you've been, you know, abused or mistreated or had difficult situations or relationships in your childhood and how that affects your love life in the future. Um, and I think that's why I found it so touching because I'm quite a, 
I'm quite an empathetic, empathetic. I'm an empathetic, I'm an empathetic person. And um, I clearly have pronunciation issues as well, clearly. But I really, really, really related to those parts of the book because I do think that inevitably your relationships with people as you get older is very much affected by your childhood and whatever you went through growing up and it's beautiful to see that explored so heavily within Connell and Marianne's relationship that's all I'm going to say because I think I'll ruin it if I keep talking please go and watch it um my good friend Daisy Edgar Jones is in it she is incredible because I completely removed knowing her from Marianne's character and that tells me anyway that she is a fantastic actress and also she's not she doesn't even have an Irish accent in real life and her Irish accent is so believable during the show. So go and watch that. It's amazing. Absolutely. I actually, you know what? Read the book first and then watch it because it's so worth it and it's a, it's amazing how they've actually been able to make the TV series just as good as the book, in my opinion, anyway. I'm starting to sound like a librarian slash teacher slash headmaster. So I'm going to end the podcast here. But I just want to say I hope that you found some treats that you could listen to or get up to during this quarantine. It is a pain in the ass, but I every, every single time want to thank the NHS for what they're doing. They are incredible. And I hope that none of your families have been affected. And if they have, I'm really, really sorry. Um... But yeah, I just want to thank the NHS and know that even though we can all get in our heads and this can be a really, really difficult time for us, um, we're all in this together. And I know I sound like High School Musical, big tune to be fair, but big up the NHS and we are all in this together. And hopefully after all of this, it will give us more of a sense of community. That's my goal anyway. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Social Distancing Diaries. If you want to discuss your own experiences, join the conversation. You can reach us on socialdistancingdiaries at gmail.com, at sddpod on Twitter, at socialdistancingdiariespod on Instagram, and on facebook.com forward slash socialdistancingdiaries. Social Distancing Diaries is a Dark Shepherd production. Voiceover by Gemma Moore. Theme music is This City by Treasure Season. Edited by Jed Shepherd. Concept by Tom Dark.